All right, so we got the map. Check. And you got the pillowcases, right? Double check. Awesome. Operation Trick or Treat 2014 has commenced. All right. All right, first we hit up Branson Street. Hey, hey guys, wait up. Shut Shut up, Larry. You really going as a ghost again? Just a sheet over your head? Have you done that like the last four years? I find your lack of effort disturbing. Come on, guys. I can't afford anything. I'm doing my best. Dave, I don't know why you even bring this guy. He doesn't take anything seriously. If you don't respect the trick-or-treating, Larry, trick-or-treating won't respect you. All right, so first house on our stop. It's this one up here. Trick or treat! Hello? Trick or treat? What question? So many choices. We, it's just kind of what you say to get candy. Haven't you done this before? Candy? Wow, candy. It's crazy. You're coming at me all wrong. Do it again. I'll stab you in the face with a soldering iron. What? No, we just wanted candy. Candy? Uh, no, no, my friend, you came to me, Christopher Walken, no big deal, asking me to make a choice. Now you would deny me this choice. What are you, what are you trying to do to me? Darth Vader here, or Darth Vader over here. I don't know who you're supposed to be with the helmet. I'm the Green Ranger. Hell's Angel. Those angels were black. Crazy. Listen, this is how it works. Either you give us a treat, or we trick you, and you don't want to be tricked. I have a dozen eggs in waiting. <laughs> I don't think you know who you're talking to. This is... Okay, these, somebody get these rugrats. Somebody get the, the kids. I don't... Look, kid, I'm going to give you a piece of advice, okay? Come here again. I'm going to stab you in the face with a soldering iron. I don't know what's so hard to understand about that. We're just kids. We're done here, you and I. But where's our treat? Good day. It's okay. It's just one house. Let's move on to the next house. Well, I... Trick or treat! Oh, no. There's scary, scary strangers at the door. Oh, please don't hurt me. Who sent you? What do you want? Does nobody understand trick or treat anymore? It's Halloween. We're dressed up. Trick or treat. We want candy. Oh, I was so scared. Oh, trick or treat. Can't I have both? What? Oh, very well. I believe I have some hard candies in a bowl. Hold on, I will get it for you. Ha, no help! Somebody is in the house! No, put that candy down, it is for the children! No, please stop! Come back with it! You've got to be kidding me. Oh, children, I am so sorry. Just as I was getting the candy for you... A mysterious stranger broke in and took it. He took all your candy, and then he just left right in the middle of the night. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Let's go, guys. This is becoming a waste of our night. Trick or treat! Oh, well, hello. Look at you, 
couple of little buggers dressed up in your Halloween costumes. Oh, finally, somebody that understands Halloween. Yes, do you have candy, please? And oh my, what imaginative costumes you guys have. Well, we put a lot of effort into ours, but Larry over there is just wearing a sheet again. Well, that's okay. I've spent half my life wearing just a sheet. Don't you worry about it a bit, Larry. Um, what? Your mother understands. Okay, so look, enough beating around the bush. Do you got candy or no? Why, yes, my little Sith Lord friend, I do. There we go. A candy for you. Ah, oh, sweet candy! A candy for you. Finally. And, if you don't mind, Zeus is gonna take a little treat for himself. What? Oh, God, no! No, guys, help me! Hey. Oh, my mom! Oh, my God! Dude, what are we gonna do? Fucking run! Ah! What about Larry? To the next house! To the next house! <sighs> he wasn't important anyways, he just kept screwing up. I'm just gonna keep telling myself that, and we're gonna be fine. We're just gonna keep moving on. This is not gonna ruin our night. This is Halloween, we're gonna get some more candy, we're just, let's do this, okay? <sighs> we'll just keep sticking to the plan, and we'll finish up decent this year. <sighs> Don't worry, it's not gonna be a repeat of last year. <sighs> Trick or treat. Oh, God, it's two champs. What the fuck? What have I done to forsake you, Lord? I'm a Power Ranger. Dude, really? You've never seen Star Wars? What do you mean? Champ Wars, that movie with Luke Hamill and Harrison Solo? Fuck that movie. Champ Wars, I fucking live Champ Wars. Get the fuck off my property, you little fucking baby champ shit! Oh, Holy shit, shit! He's got, got a gun! Run! run. <laughs> Forget about this, man. I'm going home. It's not worth it. It's just no. like last year. No, there's only one more house on this street. Just the last house. Come on. Yeah, the last house on the left. Didn't you see that movie? <laughs> the Sandlot? There's Come a giant on, dog there. I heard. It's not a dog, but a fox. It doesn't even make any sense. Come on. Somebody own a fox. Trick, Trick or, or treat. treat. I who's knocking at the door? Trick or treat. Don't mind if I do. I'll tuck me a treat. Yoink, one from you and one from you. Now get the bloody hell off me porch, or I's gonna call the paddy wagons on you. Thanks for the candy. Good night. I'm Craig Lewis. And I'm Nathan Kappeser. And I just want you to know if anybody finds this, and if anybody's listening to this, that it's all my fault. I wanted to do an episode on Monster Squad, 
I'm the one who said we should do this. And if we don't live through this, I just want you to know that it's all my fault. Nathan's just being a big baby. <laughs> he saw Monster Squad again. I'm better now. Seriously scared. Super scary. Wolfman's got nards. Oh, hey, I'm all, I'm better now. It's all good. What's going on, guys? Welcome to another fantastic edition of fucking Scarepoint. Finally, back. All right. Let's do this. Uh, to anybody who's worried about what happened to Larry, don't worry. He has a nice place in the stars now as a constellation. Yeah, there's another swan up there somewhere. And to anybody who has no idea what we're talking about or who any of the characters were in that fucking lengthy skit before the episode we apologize you've got a lot of catching up yeah you could just revisit our catalog yeah it's free everywhere son yeah i mean it don't even cost you to figure it out today the monster crew we are covering well it's kind of like the first monster crew we covered it's not actually a crew of monsters it's just people yeah um that like monsters they're kind of yeah they're not the monsters they fight the monsters yeah, we all know who to call when you've got ghosts. Right. But who do you call when you've got monsters? I'm talking about Monster Squad. I can dig it. Damn right. And we're going to dig deep into it later on. First, we're going to banter, and first, we're going to talk about the news. And But instead of telling them about what we're going to do, why don't we just do it? <laughs> all right, well, let's start this off with a big, heavy spoiler alert. Yeah, we gave you guys a few weeks uh, to see these before we start talking about it. So if you haven't seen the season premieres of Family Guy or Simpsons this year... That's what we're bantering about. Skip ahead. Yeah, you can just fast forward till you hear the little news theme or whatever. Or you can go watch them and pause and listen later. Or you can just say, I don't give a fuck. I don't really care and listen anyway. The choice or is yours. Or you could have already heard it and just like, guys, come on, get to it. Dish with the goods. <laughs> So as you may or may not be aware, both of these season premieres were big deals. The Family Guy one was the crossover with The Simpsons. And The Simpsons one... Uh, character dies. Yes, they've been hyping that for a little while, that a major character would die. Now, did they specifically say major? Do you remember reading that? Yeah. Okay. Because it wasn't a major character. We already said spoilers, so don't have to worry about it. It was fucking Krusty the Clown's father. Who has maybe been in three episodes in short pieces. Seriously. Ten, five to ten tops. Out of 500, that's not much at all. That's a little disappointing. And you know what? While I was watching the Family Guy episode, I saw Dr. Nick. And I was like, whoa, wait a minute. I thought, didn't, I thought Dr. Nick died. And I Googled it, and I was like, why do I remember Dr. Nick dying? And I Googled it. It was from the movie. At the end of the movie. Oh, yeah, he got crushed. The shard of glass crushes him, and he's like, bye, everybody. Yeah. And then he dies. Apparently, he's been back in the show since then, and the show creators have said that it didn't kill him. It just rendered it just, him unconscious. Yeah, yeah. Same way that uh, nothing really kills Mole Man. That kind of piss. Well, Mole Man, <laughs> I, it makes sense. But that kind of pisses me off, because usually when Simpsons kills somebody, like when I saw that scene in the movie... You were there with me, and we were both like, holy sh-. You had already seen it. Yeah. But I was like, holy shit, they killed Dr. Nick. And you were like, yeah, isn't that crazy? Nutty. No, he's, he's not dead. He's back. Nutty is an almond joy. They just re- mind-swapped him with Dr. Octopus. Oh, see, that makes sense now. <laughs> Hi, Spider-Man. 
But what I think is much more interesting to talk about is the Family Guy premiere, which I'm a much bigger fan of the Simpsons, but Simpsons Family Guy crossover. Yeah, that's, that's something that needs to be discussed. So. It was an hour long. Which kind of shocked me. I mean, good for that, but there, there was a point where I was like, at the end of the first half hour, I was like, oh, well, this was, you know, this was fun, but, you know, I, I think I could shelve it for a little bit. This is a good episode. I'm happy, but I don't, I'm okay with it being done. Oh, there's another half hour. Oh, you uh, didn't know it was an hour. No, long. I didn't. Oh, okay. Un, unwittingly. I think if they had cut the episode in half, cut out the okay stuff and the uh, stuff and just left the moments in it that are really funny and good. A three and a half minute uh, car wash. And a fucking, what, 11 minute fucking fight between Peter and Homer? Yeah. It wasn't 11 minutes, but it fucking it went on felt forever. like it. Uh, the it fight was... was cool. It was cool in like Family Guy aspect with the whole chicken fight thing. Yeah, it was it was okay. I, I it was I, to me it was nothing but padding. And well, that's if half a Family I Guy. Like, <laughs> I mean, but I feel like if they had released a twenty-two minute episode, I probably would be coming to you saying, "Guys, wow, it was surprisingly good." Like there were a lot of funny moments in it, but I think stretching it out to that extra hour made me now come into it like, eh, it had its moments. Yeah, so I am neither super pumped about it. Or nor do I think it was bad. Uh, I enjoyed it. it. It could have been way better. Like I, you said it pretty good right there when you said maybe if they cut out all the padding. But like I said, padding is half a Family Guy. So yeah, that's I mean, like their thing. So. Cut down on it and cut out the lame jokes. Like when they do know. those two and a half minute songs and ugh. <laughs> It's like, you, you know, you could have just done without this. Oh, you wouldn't have had enough time. One thing I liked, um, did you kind of pick up on the, I feel like it was an homage to The Simpsons, the way the story of the episode opened up with one completely unrelated thing, and then Peter it, writing yeah. a comic strip, and it leads to the major story. I feel like that was intentional. Yes. And I have had a question. Have That's classic Simpsons. Right. I don't watch a lot of Family Guy nowadays. I kind of got sick of that show. Is it just misogynist now? Is that its thing? Um, no, but characters are at points. They really leaned heavily on the they fucking did. misogyny in this episode, like hard. Peter is a misogynist, yeah. I'll give credit. Absolutely. A couple of the jokes were funny, like I'm not into misogyny and everything, but I'll give credit to a cleverly written joke, you know. And there were a couple cleverly written jokes. There were. But um, it kind of came off to me as like their kind of crutch. Like, well, we don't have the classicness of The Simpsons. We don't have the, like, balls-to-the-wall, boundary-shattering, like, relevancy that South Park always seems to have. So maybe we can just be really offensive? Yes. Because that's not what South Park is. South Park gets that rep, but it's not... It is offensive, but it's different than that. It's more... Family Guy is definitely just more of shock humor. Yes. I feel like they were like, let's lean on that. And like yeah. people don't like these types of jokes, but so there let's are make some them. very clever jokes that they put in that get sandwiched in there in between. Yeah, there definitely were. What I thought was best about it was the jokes that did work. Obviously, um, oh, the, is that what you liked the be- most about it? Well, I mean, there wasn't really much to say in the way of plot and character interaction. Um, I got really confused with the whole lawsuit part. 
the way the children interacted was kind of interesting. Um, Lisa and Meg, Bart and Stewie, and Chris and Maggie. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. A lot of it, too. You know, it was all pretty much written by Family Guy writers, too. Yes. So it absolutely. had more of that Family Guy lean to it, whereas maybe if it was more of a collaboration between the two. I really enjoyed, at least in, when they first got to Springfield, just watching them walk around in Springfield. I thought that was really cool. Uh, like the ta- Family Guy's take on the town. I appreciate the fan service. Um, they definitely, and while while throwing jabs, you could definitely tell they were at least paying a certain amount of respect uh, to the Simpsons. Totally. So I I kind of thought being Family Guy, they would just destroy the Simpsons and shatter and just you know hit on the you haven't been relevant for fifteen years type thing. So which they did kind of yeah they touched upon, but they still paid their respects in in a way. So I don't know. I thought it was a little disappointing, but it had its moments. That's my opinion on it. I concur. Okay, cool. All right, so enough about this. Let's get into the fucking Halloween spirit. What say we move into some fucking spooky news? It's better be spooky. Oh, it's spooky, all right. I'm warning you. I want to be spooked. It's spooky out the ass, and I mean that literally. So, Craig, ex-gay porn star Joseph Schiambra, and I I want to note that they said in the article, they said ex-gay porn star, whereas I think it more he's an ex-gay porn star. He's not ex-gay. Dude's still gay. Right. So maybe he's he's just a straight porn star now. No. Now he's an evangelical Christian. I probably should have brought that up. Oh. Yeah. Well, he says he's ex-gay. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, He wants us to know... That anal sex can open a portal to hell. Literally. Anal sex can do a lot of things. <laughs> and one of those things is opening a portal to hell. Uh, or at least opening a, a portal to your innards. <laughs> he released this uh, video online where he said, I'm going to talk about the devil and why he loves anal sex. Anal sex releases into the world rare demonic entities that even in the body could be conceived as the devil and that would be given birth to anally. I think that's just gas. No, no. It opens a portal to hell and you give birth to fucking demon entities. Oh my god, out brilliant. Of your ass. The plot of the next Amityville horror movie. <laughs> no, that was just the quality of the next Amity Horrorville movie. <laughs> Did I say Horrorville? Whatever. <laughs> He also says there is a definite dark shadow when you are involved with this stuff. I did BDSM bondage porn. Oh, so you're telling us there's a definite dark shadow in BDSM bondage porn. You don't say. (laughs) Get out of here, you you crazy kid. Not at all a tautology. And believe it or not, tautology is not at all a dirty word. In a way, does that mean he's saying that only... uh, like, that's the only time you do anals while you're no, doing BDSM? exactly, though, right? Because like, <laughs> that's, that's what brings out the demons. Now, the demons were in you all along. Okay. Well, people that are into BDSM are just into it. There's no, you know what I mean? It's not like they're surrounded by a dark shadow. But, of course, there's, like, a dark shadow involved with BDSM. That's, that's what it is, yeah, isn't it's, it? Yeah, it's dark, <laughs> and it's, it's dangerous. It's danger porn. Uh, it's not always dangerous if performed safely, you know? I mean, I'm not, that's not my scene, but like, I know people that are into it and it's, you can do BDSM. Uh, you got to have the safe words, right? <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it's not just like 50 shades of gray. Like it's not just 
It's not just fucking abuse. Okay. Uh... But the BDSM porn that's out there, and I don't want to make it seem like I go and I watch it, but... Well, the whole appeal of the yeah, sexual fetish is, is more the danger abuse. and the darkness of it. Yeah, The exactly. porn aspect of it. Maybe not the actual BDSM of two loving people that want to try something new and spice it up a bit. Well, sexual fantasy isn't real. It's just sexual fantasy. You Until you make it, it real, and well, then, then the devil comes out of your butthole. Then the devil <laughs> comes out of your ass. <laughs> He literally, he says, I do believe that it creates a doorway, literally, into the demonic, the supernatural. Ah, that's where Zul's been hanging out. So yeah, sorry to make all of our listeners uncomfortable, but... (laughs) You should be used to this by now. (laughs) First, they're spoiling shit that just happened a few weeks ago, and now they're talking about danger porn? There is a legitimate danger involved if you don't practice these sexual acts responsibly that that can go with any sexual act though like and it doesn't give birth to devils out of your ass don't be afraid of that yes uh what i want to take away in all seriousness is the scariest aspect is that somebody (laughs) with the scariest aspect is that somebody actually had the means to brainwash this man into thinking that way changing his whole thought process on the world in the in the in the making come back to earth ex gay porn star. Cause you're not ex gay. You're just an ex porn star. Well, apparently he suffered some, uh, injuries, I guess. Like he had to go to the hospital and yeah. it was a result of probably really irresponsibly rough BDSM sex. Well, yeah, know. because the shootings of that shit, like one 20 minute scene takes four hours to film. You think somebody's asshole can withstand that? <laughs> I don't know. Probably shouldn't. <laughs> But the real story to take out of this is we now know a quicker way to summon a demon as opposed to Aleister Crowley's 30-day thing. You can do it in four hours in a 20-minute video. Buttholes and Ouija boards. So, Craig, are you familiar with one Yuri Geller? I am not. Does he play a big significant part of my life? He's the spoon-bendy guy. He bends spoons with his mind. Oh, so he's a telepath. Wait, Um, oh! Oh, he's an abracadabra. Funny you should say that. You're talking about the Pokemon, yes. right? There's a Pokemon that's like a psychic type and it has spoons. In Japan, its name translates to like creepy Yuri or something like that. Oh. And he sued them and ended up losing. But he sued them for like defamation or whatever for naming this character after them and portraying him in a creepy, like he's creepy because he bends stuff with his mind. Dangerous. Well, if he could bend a spoon with his mind, just think what he could do to your spinal cord. He had some incredibly limited relevancy in the 90s, uh, but not so much anymore. But I guess he's trying to change that. Oh, he's coming back? He recently came back into the spotlight to explain to us why the iPhone 6 is bending. Have you heard about this? Yeah, but in reality, only maybe 10 out of all the iPhones that were mailed out, are actually bending. They don't really bend. That's just all bullshit news. (laughs) Well, according to Yuri Geller, quote-unquote, there are two possible explanations. Either the phone is so seriously thin and flimsy that it is bendable with mere physical force, which I cannot believe given the extensive tests Apple would have done, or, and this is far more plausible, Somehow far. the energy – oh, that, was, I, that wasn't me. That was still part of his quote. Or, and this is far more plausible, 
Somehow, the energy and excitement of the 10 million people who purchased iPhones has awakened their mind powers and caused the phones to bend. Oh, so the the six to ten of them. No, I don't want people to think we're just shitting all over, like, the idea of, like, the power of your subconscious and of millions of people's subconscious. And Yeah, it's a fun idea to entertain. Well, there very well might be some truth to a lot of it, and I mean... But it's not causing the Apple iPhone... Six to bend. But Yuri Geller is just full of shit. Yeah, this guy, this particular guy is full of shit. Hey, I'm cool with tele- with telepaths. I love Professor X. He's awesome. Um, <laughs> Some of my best friends are telepaths. My One of my favorite Friday the 13th is number seven, where, where the girl was a telepath. So hey, as you know, don't I'm cool with it, guys. I, I jelly. Well, Yuri has a suggestion and a new job aspiration. He says, "I urge Apple to hire me to explain to the world that this is not the company's fault at all. I don't own an iPhone 6. I'm loyal to my BlackBerry. Do they really still make those? And would never change. But if I did, I have no doubt I could bend it with my mind." Um, so hold on. First things first, he is claiming that Apple should hire him to prove that it's not the product's fault when he's already for free stating that it's not the product's fault in his little blog or whatever he's typing it up on there. And that, oh no, I don't own an iPhone. I'm, I'm going to freely tell the media that I don't own one and I'm loyal to the Blackberry, but please hire me. I'm loyal to an outdated Palm Pilot. Techies will get that. I'm okay with telling the media I'm loyal to your competitor and don't own your products. (laughs) I'd make the perfect spokesperson. But if you pay me, I will prove that it is the power of mind that's bending these things. I mean, they hired Joan Rivers and she didn't get an iPhone either. Yeah, she's definitely not paying any more bills. a child there was a little mom and pop video store that we would go to it was called video to go do you know of it it was in Dell. no i only knew a video king near okay. that area it was this it was tiny that's where i rented fester's quest that we talked about a couple of weeks ago and whenever i went there i would usually rent one of two movies the first movie that i was likely to rent was return to oz you've seen return to oz right fucking love that movie great movie Super creepy and super cool. Scared the crap of me as a kid. Didn't scare me one bit. No? Second movie didn't scare me one bit either. And that movie was Monster Squad. Monster Squad! I find it really interesting that it didn't Such scare me. a relatable film. <laughs> I, we all have to deal with our own monsters. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, that movie spurned me and my friends... In our outdoor play, as as you would to like play as the Monster Squad, and we were we were fighting all the Universal Horror no monsters. No way! Yeah. 
I wish I had friends that wanted to do that when I was a kid. None of my friends knew what Monster Squad yeah, was. It was awesome. They didn't know who to call when they had monsters. Yeah, because Ghostbusters wouldn't work. They tried. They said, she was like, listen, sweetheart, I think you got the wrong number. This is for Janine. ghosts only. But yeah, Monster Squad. What a classic family-friendly film. It's kind <laughs> of crazy, this movie. Oh, There's like Lots of violence and death. It's unclear whether it's a movie for young adolescents or a movie for adults or a movie for children. But I like that about it. It's crazy, though, to see in this movie children smoking cigarettes. Yeah. Calling each other faggots, which that's not a word I use. I'm quoting someone. I have no problem quoting somebody. I don't say that. Right. And that, and I mean, it was the bully. So. Yeah. In a way. Um, the main character does say that his teacher's homoing out. Yes. But <laughs> again, weird. I mean, actually, Fred Decker, the director and co-writer of the movie, has been asked about that. And he's like, no, I don't think it's homophobic. I think I was trying to make a movie about kids and the way they talk to each other. And, and a lot of kids probably did talk like that. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's legitimate. I do think maybe he didn't think about it as much back then as he would have nowadays. Right. But still, I, I don't think that there's some anti-gay agenda in that. That's kids talking the way they talk. It's like how the South Park kids talk or how Jay from any of Kevin Smith's movies talks. It doesn't mean Kevin Smith's one of the most gay-friendly directors there is, you know. And he got shit because Jay says the F word too. Fuck. Yes, that, as well as another one. But he's supposed to be the, the fucking outlandish. complete example of, yes, an outlandishly offensive moron, you know? Yeah. And these are supposed to be the examples of kids that grew up in the and 80s. And the kid that dropped the faggot bomb uh, was... <laughs> it was quite a bomb. Yeah. Was the bully who would be the one to say, like, the really mean... Yeah. Non nonsensical insults. But even then you get one of the main characters, the badass who everyone's supposed to look up to is a kid, 13 years old, probably in story, probably 14, 15, 12 tops. in story. Rudy. They Rudy 12, was older yeah. than him. Wasn't oh, Rudy. Yeah. Rudy was, I think he was 14. Yeah. I know the main, was, like Sean Patrick, fat kid. They were probably all 12. Yeah. But Rudy was older and he's smoking cigarettes. He's still pretty damn young. 14 tops. Well, he's also making bullets. 13. Yeah. <laughs> but he's smoking cigarettes in a movie. Like, you literally see him light up, inhale, exhale. That in wouldn't fly nowadays. In a fucking movie. It would and not. It's funny. I guess the actor actually did smoke cigarettes. And what they gave him was these, like, vegetable herb blends that he would light up that were... I mean, no smoke is harmless, but, you know, they weren't It wasn't tobacco and nicotine. And cyanide and all this other shit that's in cigarettes. But he would actually take them and be like, thanks, and then just switch all his cigarettes into that box oh. and pull them out. And actually smoke to. real cigarettes. <laughs> yeah. Which I feel so bad for laughing at that and being like, wow, that's so punk rock. Because, no, that's <laughs> so bad. That's horrible. But it is pretty punk rock. <laughs> it is pretty punk rock, though. But don't, if you're a kid listening to this, first of all, find a different podcast that's more age appropriate. Second of all, don't emulate that. You can yeah. be punk rock in your own way. You know what's not punk rock? Emulating shit. But at the same time, give the podcast to your parents to listen to because they'll probably enjoy it more than you. 
So this movie, as we mentioned, was directed and co-written by Fred Decker. He did uh, Night of the Creeps. And an episode of Tales from the Crypt. Okay. But that's all I really know about him. Okay. As far as directing, he wrote more shit. And the script, co-written by Fred Decker and Shane Black. What's really notable about this movie, though, is the monster effects. Uh, One of the people that worked on this movie and its special effects was Stan Winston. From the Stan Winston School of Arts? The famous Stan Winston? Well, no, he didn't go to that school. The legendary... (laughs) Yeah, yeah, he made a school. (laughs) <laughs> he's like Professor X. The school is from him, yeah, sir. He's not school. from the school. It's his school. He owns it. Or owned it. Yeah, and oh my God. The effects are amazing. The best creature from the Black Lagoon you've ever seen. And granted, that's because they haven't remade the creature from the Black Lagoon ever. And I find that odd because you'd think they would have capitalized on that by now. But uh, they called him Seriously. Gilman. Yeah, that's what you have to call him to not avoid uh, copyright copyright issues. Because Dracula is in the public domain. Frankenstein's in the public domain. Wolfman. A werewolf is just a a folkloric creature. So it's not even public domain. It's just straight folklore. creature is owned by Universal. The creature from the Black Lagoon is a Universal Studios thing. It is interesting, though, that they can't just be like, we sue you for that group. Grouping them all together was our thing. (laughs) You put the Gill Man in there. Uh, that was again. where you failed, son. <laughs> but no, it's great. You know, when I was a kid, I thought they were called the Universal Monsters because that was just like the main. They were universally group of mon- the monsters. Yeah. <laughs> of I didn't know until I started reading books about it and stuff. And then I realized, oh, it was Universal Studios. I'm talking about when I'm a young kid, like when I first watched Monster Squad and all nope, that. Nope. He's talking about two years ago. No, no, of course not. I was fucking reading books about monsters nonstop as a fucking kid. So the movie is about this group of children that they're all the main three of them are 12 years old. There's one that's younger. There's one that's older, but they have a monster club. They really love monsters. And one day their skills are put to the test because monsters show up in town. The whole group of universal monsters, the Dracula, Frankenstein, the Wolfman, the Mummy, and the Gilman. And I got to say, they're extremely lucky that one of the members just so happened to have his mom pick up a random book from a yard sale that is the diary of Van Helsing. Yes. <laughs> it all kind of falls together like that. Yeah. Because that maybe that's why we're following this monster club and not the monster club from, you know, two states over. Yeah. And that diary wouldn't have fallen in the hands of the monster club two states over because all of van helsing's stuff was hidden in their in town this house that's this where town. the yeah that's where the amulet was hidden so the squad consists of 12 year olds sean crenshaw patrick and horace also known as fat kid uh fat kid i love sean's t-shirt Stephen King rules. Yeah. <laughs> Where did he get that shirt? Especially in the eighties. <laughs> they had that custom made for the movie. You oh, know I, they, they did. had to have. There's nowhere you would have found a fucking children's size Stephen King rules shirt. Nowadays, let alone in the eighties. I want that shirt. 
Fat Kid, though, is probably my favorite character. Yeah. He kind of comes off as a coward, but he's actually fairly brave throughout the movie. Bravery doesn't mean you're not scared. It means right. you are scared, but you, but you do the right do thing the anyway. Right thing. And, like yeah. when he, he tried standing up to the bully in the beginning. Yeah. Uh, he, he called did. him stupid. He straight up said he was an asshole <laughs> yeah. and everything. Yeah. yeah. He's like, my name's Horace. Yeah, dude, he did. Boom. He was a little sheepish about it. But yeah, he stood up for himself. And that he, made it all the more rewarding when Rudy showed up, too. He didn't like because yeah. he didn't back down at any point. He stood up for himself that whole time, and then Rudy came and had his back. You know, right, right. So that's why Rudy was like, you know what, this kid's all right. Rudy, of course, is the older kid, Rudy Halloran, and he's the badass. He's got the fucking leather jacket. He smokes cigarettes. The horny peeping Tom. But he he can't be as cool as he says he is because he hangs out with a bunch of twelve year olds. Exactly, that's what I was thinking. But when I was younger, I was always like, "Oh, he's so cool." He I is wish, cool, though. I Fuck wish that. he was. I wish he lived on my street. I wish I want him to be part of my club. He is cool. I do wish he lived on my street, and I do want him to be part of my club. Yeah, but my mom probably would have said he was a bad influence. Didn't want me hanging out with him. <laughs> Starting next week, Craig Lewis will be replaced on Scarepoint with Rudy Halloran. Even if my mom does say he's a bad influence, that's wait. We didn't discuss this. We are right now. This is neither the time or the place, Nathan. We got to talk uh, royalties here. Then there's also the younger kids. There's Eugene, who went with his dog, Pete. Pete! Pete's, Pete's probably my favorite member of the Monster Squad. Yeah, I fucking love Pete, Pete's too, awesome. Also. As a kid, it was definitely Rudy. But I also really like Patrick, Sean's best friend, the, main, yeah. the leader's best friend. Honestly, I thought he was kind of like... The one uh, member of the squad that didn't like have an actual personality. Oh no way! It's just not. A I just kind of just none of the characters are two dimensional, right? But you could probably boil a lot of them down to two dimensional characters. But you probably couldn't do that with Patrick. Patrick was just think, yeah, just uh, the friend. He I was definitely just think a normal a, kid. Well, I, yeah, I think a personality definitely came through with the performance, though. I love that kid. I can't describe it. It's not a personality that's easily described, but. He's a little cooler than Sean, you know what I mean? And, like, a little more, I don't know, like, if, if they were a, a, a comedy duo, maybe Sean would be the straight man. And Patrick's kind of the, the, a little more cool, loose guy. I don't yeah. know. I thought I he was so. cool. I like the subtleties and the actor and the way he plays the character to not be. You're like, just I was Patrick, TV. Craig. I no, Patrick. not at all. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> I was fat kid. I was just skinny. <laughs> <laughs> skinny fat kid. <laughs> <laughs> that's even worse skinny fat kid get over here there's also sean's little sister phoebe who i consider they accepted her into the monster club once she was coming because into of... the treehouse yeah once she had frankenstein she's because like can of i be in the club now yeah they didn't say yes but you see her in the treehouse with them you see them walking along the sunset right after that so i assume at that point phoebe's part of the monster club yeah, she hands down is she. I mean, she was the one that saved them in the end. Really, <laughs> spoiler alert. Oh yeah, definitely. Phoebe though was adorable. Yeah, the perfect bratty little sister. Don't be chicken shit. Mom says you gotta let me into the club, or else it's prescription. That's discrimination. Prescriptions, drugs. Which you're on if you think you're getting in here. Oh, man. (laughs) Yeah, I watched this movie a lot as a kid. Yeah. So the first draft of this screenplay had the opening fucking 
epic, dude. Zeppelins, hundreds of fucking soldiers on horseback, all of them storming Dracula's castle. Oh, yeah, but budgets. Yeah, it would have cost more than the budget of the entire film just to do that opening opening scene. scene. Uh, Another thing about the opening scene that I like, I don't know if you noticed the homage, but in Dracula's tomb, there are armadillos. Oh, yeah. That is an homage to the original original Universal Studios Dracula with Bela Lugosi. Good on him. There were armadillos in that movie, too, even though I don't think there are armadillos in Transylvania. (laughs) Oh, there could be. There aren't. Have you been there? Have you have you been there? Multiple times. Damn it. I, I remember was trying to bluff him. When I was a kid, my dad had to go to Pennsylvania for work, but I had never heard of Pennsylvania. So when he said that, when like my mom or whatever was like, "Dad, your dad's going to Pennsylvania for a weekend for work." I was like, "Oh no, he's going to get attacked by a vampire." Cuz I thought it was Transylvania. Uh, I, thought, I just said the same thing, you know. That reminds me of either a Looney Tunes or a Tiny Tunes gag. They're like, we're going to Pennsylvania. And it was like portrayed like Transylvania, <laughs> like lightning strikes on welcome to Pennsylvania sign. <laughs> it's just like dark and rainy in the distance. Yeah. And the guy who played Dracula, uh, Duncan Rager. Oh, man. Amazing. Great performance, right? When he had his red contacts in and his fangs in, he scared the crap out of the little girl that played Phoebe. So, you know, in the later scene where he's lifting her up by her neck, he whatever says, he's holding he's her. He's like, give me the amulet, yeah. yo, yeah. bitch! Yeah, and, and he... It's uh, horrifying. Like, terrible. He's literally just screaming at a child, and it's a convincing performance. It is. He actually... I'm sorry, go on. Oh, yes. I was going to say, he wouldn't ever wear those around her because it scared her, and that was the first time he did. So, like, her reaction where she was supposed to be, you know, screaming and terrified was actually genuine because she yeah, the, she was legitimately scared of this man holding onto her cheek. The director was like, all right, we're just going to need you to really give us your best, most horrified scream in this shot. And she's like, when? And he's like, oh, you'll know. You'll know when. <laughs> she's like, what? <laughs> the whole movie, he wouldn't wear it, but just that one scene. And it's okay, though. The actress, like, I guess... Fred Decker felt a lot of guilt about that. He's no Stanley Kubrick. He doesn't just (laughs) submit his actors to horrors and, yeah, torture with no (laughs) sense of conscious conscience. So he really felt bad that he might have traumatized her. But she she says, no, no, it's actually one of my best memories. Like, that's one of the things that sticks out about filming Monster Squad. That's pretty awesome that she was cool about that. Yeah, and that performance of Dracula actually got, like, I think it was Wizard Magazine did, like, the top 100 villains, and Dracula was number 30, but it wasn't Bela Lugosi. It was, what's the guy's name again? Duncan Rhaegar. Duncan Rhaegar, yeah. It was him, and he really does do a great fucking Dracula. I'm not going to come out and say he's better than Bela Lugosi, but if anybody's number two, it's him. Yeah, no uh, Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman played Dracula? In Bram Stoker's Dracula, yeah. Oh, I've never watched it. Oh, yeah. Doesn't look like Gary Oldman at all. I can't see Jim he never Gordon. Because <laughs> honestly, when I think of Gary Oldman now, all I can see is Jim Gordon. He's like but, the Johnny Depp of older Gary's. <laughs> of Gary's. I don't know. The Johnny Depp of Gary Oldman's. <laughs> Did you know uh, Dustin Diamond? A.K.A. the Johnny Depp of Screech. Screech Powers? <laughs> Screech from 
Saved by the Bell was actually originally in this movie, but he was cut out. Yeah, he was selling comics or some shit, right? Yeah, after they get out of the principal's office, he tries to sell them. Yeah, after they get out of the principal's office, he tries to sell them comic books. And it's funny because that was before, like, Saved by the Bell. Yeah. So it wouldn't have been like, ah, look, there's Screech. No, it would have just been a random kid. Well, there's another before this guy was ever big. There was this whole scene planned where the kids would go into the mansion at the end when they're trying to find the amulet near the end in the third act. Right. And when they enter the mansion, a man comes up to them and he's like, oh, great. You're here to find the amulet. So am I. You know, we have to do this. We can work together. And they look in the mirror and they notice that the man has a reflection, but his eyes are completely hollow. And they realize it's Dracula wearing a mask. So they're like, oh, God. And, and they don't trust him, which would be ridiculous. Like, that's ludicrous. <laughs> that's like some Gremlins 2 shit. <laughs> right. <laughs> but you know who was supposed to play that man? I don't know who it is or where he's from, but he will find you <laughs> and he will kill you. <laughs> yeah, Liam Neeson. And he still got paid because they cut that scene so late when they realized, oh, my God, what are we doing? This scene would be horrible. And that was the moment Liam Neeson said, acting's the easiest thing ever. I got paid for not even being in the movie. (laughs) (laughs) You know who played the werewolf? Uncle Rico from Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah, I don't know his name either, but it was Uncle Rico from Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah, he also uh, was a werewolf in Fright Night Part 2. Oh really? Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. I so didn't like, know that. he's got he's he's he was a niche actor at that time. He was a <laughs> werewolf guy. I'm always getting typecast as the fucking werewolf. <laughs> I didn't know there was a werewolf in Gone with the Wind. <laughs> I didn't know Fuck. there was a werewolf in Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they cut out all the scenes where Uncle Rico Turned. went around marauding the fucking town at night. Did you know that early on they were actually planning to make a lot of merchandise for this movie? Oh, Um, I wouldn't doubt it. It seemed like it would be a hot seller. Right? It sucks, though. There really wasn't a lot of merchandise made. So there's not a lot of collector's items out there. Do you think that might be because Universal's like, okay, these are our horror monsters? Well, at that point, it's not that. So long as you make them different enough visually from their interpretation, you can get away with it. A mummy looks like a mummy no matter how you do it, unless it's The Rock for some reason. It is interesting that it's uh, it's so obviously the Universal Studios monsters, and they can still get away with it. But I appreciate it. I love it. Gilman Lunchbox, yeah. One of the directions they were going to go was they were going to make scraps a fucking toy tie-in. You know, the little stuffed dog that Phoebe has. Oh, okay, yeah. The one she gives to Frankie. Yeah, at the end, which, again, points out a lot of the... This movie's very detail-heavy. I love a lot of the, like, little details, like when she's got Scraps and she's saying goodnight, Mom, and she, and she's like, say goodnight to Scraps, too. She's like, goodnight, yeah. Scraps, and he's like, goodnight, Emily! <laughs> yep. He's not... As a kid, like, your Scraps isn't going to call her Mom, you know? And, like, right, You right. know your mom's name is Emily. I don't know. And... There's so many little, like, you see bags packed at the night of the big occurrence. So, like... The mom was going to leave. She was getting ready to leave him. And... And that would have taken an even darker turn. On the board, when he sees Mr. Alucard yep. called, it says the Van Halen diary. 
I love that. Uh, like she's like he called about the Van Halen diary because she's a mom and she's like, well, I don't yeah. know the Van Halen diary, and that is awesome. The like, same way that she was detail that she was like, oh yeah, Van Helsing. That's the guy that fights Godzilla, right? Which come on, novice mistake. <laughs> no, no, I'm not granting you mom. You're not. That's, that's not mom knowledge. Van Helsing does not fight Godzilla. Who thinks that? My mom might. No. Your mom wouldn't make that okay. assumption. I guess so, because she would be like, um, I know Van Helsing is not a Japanese name. <laughs> the only way I would give that credit is that his mom was having a Pokemon moment. You know, when a parent has to call it Pokemon to like demean their child subtly and be like, oh, pff, you're into that. What's it called? Pokemon? I forgot how to pronounce vowels. I'm sorry. I know it's only been out for like 17 years now, but I don't know how to pronounce an O. And it was out when I was a kid at this point. Sorry, I'm intellectually superior to my fucking seven-year-old child. Do you guys have, what is it, Pokemon? I don't know. You've only been into it for three years. I don't remember what it's called. I don't pay attention to what my kids actually like or enjoy. No, she actually seemed like she was interested. I catch a lot of that in retail, and I'm like, you really? you disgust me. What, oh, when they come into the store and they want like clothing of something the kids like. Pokemon is kind of my. Do you pet hear that peeve. a lot? It's a pet peeve of mine. When you say Pokemon, you get the same reaction from me as you get when you say Arab instead of Arab. It's Pokemon. No, it's Pokemon. That's not how it's pronounced. Even on a level, it's like it's not worse because an Arab is an actual person that you're discriminating against. <laughs> you're right. But on a, on a level, it's like, okay, you could be like, oh, I think that word's pronounced Arab. No, you don't think P-O-K-E-M-O-N is pronounced Pokemon. That's just you not paying attention. But – when you do say that to them, no, it's not what's not their paying attention. It's not not paying attention, Craig. It's trying to put yourself intellectually above a child by demeaning the thing they like and implying it's stupid enough that you can't even remember can't what it's called. Can't be bothered to remember. Yeah, oh, what is it? Pokemon? They know it's called Pokemon. So when you... No, 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 hold on. They know. I get it. They know. I get it. It's called Pokemon. I get Fucking promise you they know, and they're going Stop out of their way to be like, oh, you're into that Pokemon stuff, right? The first time a scare point, I've actually been scared. <laughs> no, but I have to ask you, when you respond to them with that, is their response to you, yeah, whatever? I don't say all that to them. Well, but I obviously do, not all yeah. of them, but correct them yes. on the pronunciation. Yes, they're like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Well, if it, if it's important to your child, it probably should matter to you. I find subtle ways. I find subtle ways. When people act like, oh, no, I'm too old for Pokemon. And I'm like, you do realize. And I'm like, you do realize Pokemon came out 20 years ago, right? But yeah, as we were saying, they were going to make a stuffed Scraps doll to sell in stores. As oh, a yeah, Monster that's Squad what we were toy. talking about. I think that's kind of weird. Why would the fans of Monster Squad want a stuffed dog wouldn't they rather have dracula and wolfman toys yeah scraps is their own invention i guess generic stuffed dog right but supposedly fred decker still has the prototype of the scrap style i mean as a collector you might want the actual scrap style that was used in the movie right he says (laughs) it's the prototype really it's just a fucking prop (laughs) yeah no 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 this was a marketing prototype one detail that only, you know, an obsessive fanboy like myself would notice or care about 
ah yes the part where uh, father and son are watching a horror movie on the drive at the drive-in from the roof no but let's talk about that oh I great love moment it. right i love okay first of all the interactions between sean and his dad come off as really genuine yeah listen here you know i love you kid but you got to put your basic lid on it so many like can i have five dollars anyway absolutely sure Sure, why not? And like it's so that's what I love about the both of the actors that play the police, both Sean's father and his partner. Yeah, they play it straight. Like, granted, his partner is a funny guy, but they play it like they're playing a legitimate cop movie. Oh, or something. His, like, his partner got blown up by Dracula. It was fucked up. But literally, they play the stress like that's the way he a lot of people deal with shit by making jokes. Yeah. It doesn't come off as he's playing it goofy. Like it comes off as, oh yeah, you want to shut up about it, you fucking asshole, and shit. And his dad really looks stressed, and like they play it straight. Everyone in this movie plays it straight. Tom Noonan, the guy that played Frankenstein, was in fucking Frankenstein mode the whole time, method oh, yeah. actor style. Barely talked to anybody. Seriously, he acted like Frankenstein the whole time. <laughs> and. Everybody plays it serious, and I think that's one of the things that really makes this movie work. But, yeah, the scene with them up there. It's funny, too. You know the movie they're watching, right? Well, he said it was something about Groundhog Day. Groundhog Day. Groundhog Day 7 or something. 7? Is it a horror movie? This was before <laughs> oh, Groundhog Halloween. Day. Yes. Like a Halloween ripoff? They like... were making fun of all the... There were a lot of holiday-themed ripoffs of Halloween coming up horror and, slasher sequels. Yes. Yeah. And, and basically, basically when they were, when he was explaining the plot to it, he was telling him the plot of one of the Friday, the 13th movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's funny though. I like to pretend that they're watching the fucking Bill Murray movie. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, dad. <laughs> one thing I noticed a movie flub, if you will, even when I was young was that he was begging to see this movie because and he even went out of his way to point out that if he doesn't see it tonight, his friends will spoil the plot for him. And yet, when him and his dad are watching it, he's like, oh, this is the best part. He knows. He's already <laughs> seen it. Yeah. Maybe he's just using it because he, they, they had spoken about, you've seen one of them, you've seen them all. You know, you've seen this movie a hundred times. It's something else. Right. You know, so the kid knows that this is what's going to happen because it's predictable as fuck. Predictable AF. I'm sorry. But no, that wasn't the detail I was talking about. Even more insignificant than that. It's not even something in the actual movie. Oh, that's not even fair then. I can't guess Well, it's that. in the end credits song. Oh. Do you remember the end credits song? Not really. <laughs> it's every fucking yeah. movie around that time had to end with a shitty rap song. There's good rap songs. Tons of them. Especially from that time period. But do no. what they want to do. Say what they want. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, th that was MC Hammer. MC Hammer sucked, but at least they got a high-profile rapper. No one knows who the guy is that does the fucking Monster Squad rap. Who's the guy that does the Ninja Turtle rap? Vanilla huh? Ice? No, no, no. From the, <laughs> Oh, the other one. From the first movie. Yeah. yeah remember the, the one that says that Raphael's yeah. the leader? Yeah, that guy. Yeah, why did they just hire no-name rappers? Why didn't they hire... Good rappers, or at least high-profile rappers like MC Hammer. At least we can give them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, but Dougie Fresh was kind of busy at the moment, I'm guessing. Okay. Now, the weird thing is, I remember hearing this song as a kid, and even then being like, oh my god, 
this is just awful. This is not good rap. There was one line that I would always make fun of. Because they said, it was something like, the wolfman and the creature swimming in the pool. And uh. I was just kind of like the creature swimming in the pool. Like, it seemed like this cheap forced rhyme like to rhyme it with the line before it like right. he doesn't even swim in a pool in the fucking movie the creature said i need a swamp you fool <laughs> and i remember making fun of that line and the creature swimming in the pool then fucking 20 years after the fucking movie comes out it finally comes out on dvd and i buy it and i'm listening for that line and they don't say it do they remove it? They say, and the creature from the Black Lagoon, and it makes so much more sense. This song is instantly better. Yeah, suddenly I'm like, wow, dude, that's the most fucking hip-hop lyricism I've ever heard. No, no, but suddenly <laughs> I'm like... Someone get this guy a Grammy! You know what I think happened? I think that was the original line, and the creature from the Black Lagoon, and then they were like, oh, fuck, you we know what? can't say that. Yeah, like the rapper pitched the song to them and they're like, perfect, I love it. And then later they were like, oh, you know what? We can't say that. Fuck. So like, can you just change that line? And he's like, what else rhymes with Lagoon? <laughs> In the pool. Close enough. Sold. Print. Cut. Amazing. Not in that order. In 2012, Platinum Dunes had rumors and talks stirring about making... It was Platinum Dunes? Yeah, it was Platinum Dunes. Michael Bay's oh. company there. The ones that, yeah. Yeah, I didn't, back when they announced this, I didn't know who Platinum Dunes was. So I was just like, sweet. Seek, remake. Monster Squad remake. I'm sorry, I just spoiled your story because you hadn't actually gotten to the point yet. And I oh, it's okay. I, I feel like everybody knew that's where it was going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now that I know it was Michael Bay's production kinda glad company. glad it's not happening. Yeah, I'm kind of glad that's in Oh, yeah, because... Now. What was it, a few months ago? One of the heads there at Platinum Dunes was doing an interview with Collider and was just like, oh, yeah, that Monster Squad remake uh, is not happening anymore. It's completely shut down. Okay, I'm okay with that. Now, here's what I do have to say. Now Lionsgate can take it. Yeah, right? (laughs) Here's the big debate. Remake or sequel? Remake or sequel? I'm okay with either. I'm okay with a remake. I'm okay with a sequel. I think I would prefer a sequel, but I know that that's never going to happen. Right. Well, originally, uh, Fred Decker had an idea floating around for a sequel, but the movie just didn't make enough money to warrant one. Yeah. He... Uh, the movie kind of was a bomb, actually, in the box office. It only made back like a third of its budget. Yeah, it grew a cult following later on. Following absolutely. Years. But his original idea for a sequel was the Monster Squad versus Godzilla. Yes. Now, here's the thing. You have to hunt down the original quote of him saying this. What I think he was saying, I don't think it was supposed to be, we're going to get the rights to Godzilla. Just make a giant monster. I think it was like, if I do a sequel, I want it to be like Monster Squad versus Godzilla. Like these guys taking on a big giant monster like i think that would be the idea which a monster seems silly by godzilla because now it's just like okay these kids are now gonna foil a giant monster Dude, it's not quite fucking, out, oh like outsmarting God. dracula you know but you know what else he said he's also said that he would love to do a sequel nowadays where he f- 
follows up with these kids as now adults? that they're in their like 30s. Same cast, right? Yeah. If they're if you're going to do a se- sequel, same cast, let's see what where they're at now. Well, yeah, he mentioned 25 something years about later. like Rudy works in like he has his own auto mechanic shop and he's I can str- see that. he's got kids and he's struggling with an alcoholism problem and like they all have their own adult problems now. He's still smoking two packs a day? There is a pro- oh, he's up to 4. Oh, oh ow, I'm sh- are you sure he's not dead yet? There is a problem, though. I don't know if you knew the kid that played Fat Kid. Well, he was an adult, but he died, actually, of like cancer or something. Oh, rough. That sucks. That the suck. movie wouldn't work without Fat Kid. Yeah. Would you be able to get a different Fat Kid? Would you? Would you recast him, or would you say I mean, Fat it, Kid's gone? Oh, see, they could work that in and make it like kind it's of a touching tough. thing. Like They get back together because of Fat Kid's funeral. Like, on one hand, they're going to be so old. Oh, yeah. They're going to be so old now that they could, you could recast and it would still be okay, you know? But on the other hand, if you are getting all the same actors except him because he died, maybe that would be appropriate. Yeah. Mention it and give him a, you know. Yeah, they could start the eulogy like his name was was Horace. Horace. Exactly. And he knew. How to use a shotgun. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe leave that part out. (laughs) Because he really did it. If any any kid his age would have shot a shotgun, like the way he was holding it, it would have been hurt bad. (laughs) Giant kickback right in his gut. (laughs) But man, I would love to see that. I would love to see a sequel more than a remake. But I'll take a remake over nothing. Even if it sucks, doesn't ruin the original. I think, sadly, the thing that would be most likely to happen because it would generate more income would be a remake instead of a sequel. A sequel would make no money. Monster Squad 2, it's a bunch of old people that no one knows. Yeah, it's just, it's too late. A sequel to a movie that no one knows. It's too late to be a money vehicle. A remake, though, a remake would make money. So, please, don't do nothing with it. Make a remake. But there were a few spiritual successors and predecessors. Where are you going with this, Nathan? Well, did you know there was a 70s like sitcom like called Monster Squad about um, Dracula, Frankenstein, and the werewolf? It followed the monsters, right? Yeah. Yeah. Weird. I Up until about a day ago, I did not know that that existed. Really? Yeah. I f- figured that out like when the internet first came around and I was... Yahooing because Googling wasn't around yet. All those, Yahoo. all my favorite shit as a kid, and I Yahooed Monster Squad and was like, What the fuck is this shit? But yeah, how weird is that? Because same thing with Ghostbusters, it was originally a 1970s cartoon series, right? I almost think is that an homage on Monster Squad's part? I don't know. I guess I'd never thought too deeply into it. Since then, there's been a series of books called Monster Squad, No Relation, uh, by Laura Dower, and those are about a group of kids that fight monsters, but... Not the same kids? Nope. Not even slightly related. Ah, it's those kids two states over. This time, everything's falling in place for them. There's also a Monster Squad app game on, like, smartphones and shit. So what do you do with that? I don't know. I think you battle monsters. But not like Pokemon, but like Frankensteins and vampires and shit. I don't know, though. Again, no relation. 
I think they were just like Monster Squad hasn't been trademarked as a game yet. <laughs> Let's get it. We're just we're now we're just it's the Universal Monsters just um, fighting people. And there was kind of a short-lived animated series in the '90s called Monster Force, but featured all the same monsters as Monster Squad. Frankenstein was on the side of the kids. It was about a group of kids that fought against these monsters. So it was more like the actual movie then. Right. It seems like it might have been inspired by it. Speaking of, we never really got to this. I love the fact that Frankenstein was like on the kid's side because that makes so much sense. Yeah. Like what the monster is. But then it reminds me that why the fuck did Dracula bring him to life in the first place then? Yeah, I feel like he should have known. He was, he's, Frankenstein's very trusting and stupid. And you thought Van- I could just get a goon out well, of Dracula it. was like old friend. Like they clearly have a history. Dracula. Well, yeah, they met Abbott and Costello. Well, do- yeah, exactly. <laughs> Don't you remember when he's got Frankenstein locked up in the cage? Well, the the cell in the dungeon, and Frankenstein's just sitting there looking at the floor, and Dracula comes down and opens the door, and he's like, "My old friend, what do you think of your new home?" And Frankenstein's like, "Home, home, yeah." I'm, that's very telling, like as to their relationship. Yeah, it's it's kind of like taking advantage of a special needs child. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Home master. But then he meets these kids who respect him and are nice to him. Yeah, they're they're nicer than Dracula. They totally respect him. Take him into their misfit group and appreciate. Which what is he funny because out of table. misfits, speaking of, I feel like Rudy would have been the only one that was actually listening to the misfits. Just saying. And, you know, researching this episode, there was something I discovered. There's a lot of awesome Monster Squad fan art out there. Oh, yeah, dude. A ton. Somebody went and made, like, a mash between Monster Squad and Scooby-Doo. I thought that was brilliant. The new Scooby-Doo movies, which we talked about on the Addams Family episode. They met the Globetrotters, the Addams Family. So why didn't they really meet the Monster Squad? Batman, yeah. Oh, because it was done in the 70s and... (laughs) Yes. Okay. (laughs) But these pictures they drew are really cool. It it shows you what it would look like if they did do it. If it was done then. Yeah. Uh, One of my favorites would probably be Fat Kid looking at uh, Gilman while he's like trying to come up through the sewer and Scooby's on top of this manhole cover and Oh, okay. It's, it's just it's kinda cool. Maybe we'll uh post some of these on Twitter or Facebook. Totally. And there's also this like series of classic comic book covers, like old horror comics. Oh, so cool. Yeah, dude, there's like three or four of them and they're all showcasing one of the members of the Monster Squad and one of the monsters. Like there's Horus and the fucking Gill Man. Yeah. There's Rudy and the Wolf Man. It's it's pretty sweet. Pretty yeah, that sounds awesome. Well, like I said, we should post some of these on Facebook or Twitter. Uh if you want to check them out, follow us on Twitter at Fairpoint Pod. We'll give you the deets of all the new episodes coming out and a little little brief synopsis and a bunch of hashtags that don't really mean much. And just Fairpoint Podcast on Facebook. Look it up. You'll find it. Shoot us a like. If you want to hear us do a topic you're interested in it around probably sometime in the new year, 2015, send us an email to fairpointpodcast at yahoo.com. Let us know what you want to hear us talk about. Or just let us know on Facebook or Twitter. All three of those are great ways to get a hold of well, us. Well, sure, sure. 
But in the meantime, if you haven't already done this yet, you should definitely uh, rate and review us on iTunes. Definitely subscribing. And of course, if you're on an Android app where you're listening to podcasts, you might find us on digital podcasts, Podbay FM. Uh, we've been meaning to try to get us up on Stitcher, maybe. Uh, keep your eyes peeled for that. You can find episodes up on YouTube now. Not the whole library, but select episodes. And full episodes. And you can find all sorts of ancillary entertainment on YouTube, too. We've done unboxings. We've done ice challenges. We've done little promos. Cool oh. little animated versions of clips of our fucking episodes. Speaking You'll of see. unboxings... I'm kind of excited about the new one coming out. I want to try to hold off to do an unboxing for it. Timing for the last one didn't really work out, so we didn't do it. Also, it would have probably made a bad video. I wasn't too excited about it. But the new one is Fear. It's going to be a Halloween loot crate box. Wait, really? Yes. Okay, yeah, yeah. The unboxing we did was, if you haven't heard of Loot Crate, check that shit out. We're not... They don't sponsor us or anything. They should, though. At least not yet. Yeah, Lucrates. Maybe maybe somebody working for them is listening to us right now. But no, it's really cool. And you can find out all about it on our YouTube. Just go to our YouTube. Go to the fucking unboxing video there. We're Do not it now. In fact, stop the podcast now. now. No, Delete no. it. Go right ahead. Don't stop Just the go podcast. To YouTube. It's almost done. It's going to be over in like a minute or two. <laughs> I'm impatient, okay? <laughs> And I'm getting pretty scared. Um, if you like Fairpoint, please, if you're a Redditor, share it on Reddit. If you're a Facebooker, share it on Facebook. Let people mm. know we're trying to get the word out there. Like My goal is for in at least a couple months from now to find out that there's a Fairpoint subreddit. That's not going to happen in a couple months from I'll now. I'll just be checking, guys. A Fairpoint be... subreddit? The power is yours. What is there to talk about about Fairpoint? just sharing awesome stuff about it (laughs) they love us they love us why not next week on scare point this is going to be the final monster crew we cover because after that we're going to do our halloween special which won't be a monster crew you'll see what that'll be yeah uh the monster crew we're doing is probably the most terrifying of the monsters that the, we've done. The most that we're monstrous. Doing. Yes. More monstrous most than evil. the gremlins. Definitely more monstrous than the fucking monster squad. And Adam's and family. The Adam's family. Yeah. They're great hosts. These guys, I don't know if they'd be great hosts. They'll probably kill your whole fucking family. Don't tell them I said that, though, please. I, I think they'd be amazing hosts. But tell them I said that because... I love clowns. They're not scary yeah, at all. They, they would probably do exactly that. Next week, we're looking at the fucking Devil's Rejects. Uh, yeah, clowns are cool. I've never watched the Devil's Rejects. No, you haven't. And you're doing this never. as an episode? I saw House of a Thousand Corpses when it first came out. Wasn't that into it. I'm going to rewatch it. I'm going to watch Devil's Rejects. Devil's Rejects is a far different and superior film. I already feel like I already know that right off the bat, that it's a better film. So on that level, I'm appreciative that I'm going to watch a better film. Yeah, it's not like a your standard slasher. It's still, I already know right off the bat that it's not my type of movie, though. So Maybe not. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to grip my teeth through it and bite my tongue through it. And, and see, I'm going to watch it again and be like, yeah, yeah.
So uh, tune in next week from the secret room. I'm Nathan K. And I'm Craig. Got tons of nods. Lewis, like the Wolfman. Oh. <laughs>